0: This is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is
1: Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. I came in hot, didn't I? I can't help it. I'm excited to record this show with you. Okay. I love you. I love (laughs) doing this show with you. I love you too. I think the energy in the studio, if I may be so bold, has really been opened up. And so like there's a channel of energy that I'm just getting from that side of the studio that's just hitting me
0: so right right
1: now. Are you feeling
0: this? Can I be honest? Yeah, not entirely. Oh, okay. I'm still feeling a little queasy. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, week two.
1: Yeah, you're go You've been riding that train for a while now.
0: Uh, so yeah, hesitant, hesitant to say that I've got great vibes right now. Okay, but, but I appreciate.
1: Hop on my back, baby. Your vibes. Hop on my back. My vibes are big enough for the both of us. Will you
0: carry me through the sand?
1: I will. Give me some of your nausea. What if I could do that? Like the Green Ooh. Mile. Like, no, it wouldn't be like. <laughs> I wouldn't like do anything gross but like it'd be like green mile where i'm like give me can i have some of your nausea please boop and i take it away from you don't you wish i was real
0: i guess so but i don't want you to have that
1: but this is the sacrifice that i love to make i gotta make it i gotta i gotta keep you from being sick honey okay and i gotta use my magic powers to do so do you have any small wonders (laughs)
0: Did you say what this show's about?
1: This is a show where we talk about things we like, things that are good, things that we're into. The title of the program is wonderful. This is our 250th episode. Yeah,
0: like maybe there are people out there that only listen to the 250th episode of a podcast. Uh, and so we want to make sure that they're clear on what they're listening to. Is there mm-hmm.
1: a name for what 250, oh, I guess. Oh, geez. It's not Bicentennial, man. We should do a segment on that though. I never saw it. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, yeah, I don't know that that would hold up particularly well to 2022 scrutiny. Uh, anyway, small wonders, you got any of them?
0: Do you want to go first?
1: Yes, I just, this, I finally decorated my studio. And yeah. I'm really, really excited about it.
0: The, the I art- I keep saying
1: studio. It's really an office. It is
0: an office. The art, though, in here, like the placement of it, I really appreciate.
1: Yeah, I spent a long time kind of sketching it out in my uh-huh. mind's eye. Uh-huh. I did, like, put a bunch of screws into the wall, and then was like, well, I would have maybe done it differently, <laughs> were there not big. There's actually a screw hole hidden by the head of the guitar, so- you know, I've got my little secret passages, yeah. hidey holes in here. Well,
0: we're going to live here forever, so it doesn't matter.
1: I'm never leaving this fucking house. Never, ever. I don't,
0: I know. My goal is to not move again. At least, at least let's make it more than a few years in yeah, this house. Yeah. If we
1: could do maybe four years in this house. Yeah, that would be a new record and then for we're us. We're on the road again. You got any small wonders?
0: Oh, I'll say uh, New Season of Love is Blind.
1: <sighs> y'all.
0: This one is y'all, wild. This
1: one. This one is wild.
0: I I have never seen so many unrelatable people in one season. Yeah. People who make choices and say things that I would never do or say.
1: Can we slip off this may be controversial. Can we slip off our wonderful slippers <laughs> and then put those to the side and then slip on our Rosebuddy slippers for like a few minutes?
0: Oh man, the crowd's going nuts right now. The
1: crowd is losing it right now. Yeah. Cause we've just been watching Love Is Blind. We've also been watching The Mole, and it's like I don't have anywhere to put this energy. (laughs) I mean, you you get all of this energy, (laughs) and our friend JD, who I text uh, about reality shows uh,
0: nonstop. Are we talking about The Mole too, or just Love uh, is Blind?
1: I guess they're so similar, shockingly similar. Yeah,
0: I would say the contestant pool seems to be the same. The same
1: contestant pool as like that and I Love is Blind Netflix... and The Circle <laughs> and Fuck Island. And... <laughs>
0: Do you think Netflix has like a farm where they keep people yes. that they pull from for these variety of shows?
1: And it's so interesting because it works really, really well for Love is Blind. And does not work very well for The Mole because it's yeah, like, I want to watch we, real people I'm solving mysteries. I'm
0: convinced that the longer we watch The Mole, the more we will enjoy it because the people that are insufferable will hopefully be eliminated. There's
1: a guy named Dom on it who kept shouting, Dom Cruz. At every at every mission and in every like confessional, and it was uh, it was really that's a challenge for me.
0: <laughs> My theory was that there was always at least one person in the room that hadn't heard it yet, and so he thought like, "Oh man, gonna she's got to hear shit. this."
1: Okay, maybe. Yeah, they are far <laughs> from we, the worst member of that.
0: Kind. We, we as audience members got to hear it at least six times. <laughs> yeah, back to back to back to back.
1: Yeah, it's not hitting for me, sadly, because we talked about the mole in this show before. We talked about we did a whole segment on it and i don't know that it's they they quite nailed it. The production's great. Uh Alex who's the host? Alex Warner?
0: I don't know. I've never uh never encountered she's this She's a CNN
1: before. correspondent or something. Uh she's doing great.
0: Yeah, the challenges are interesting. Challenges are super fun. She's not the best cast. There are a lot of people who very intentionally are trying to draw suspicion in a way that is not clever or, like, particularly savvy.
1: No, and it's really showing everyone's ass. And th- They're also <laughs> competing now for, like, $250. <laughs> they have so clearly, like, destroyed their pot. It is, uh, that part, that part's great. I do like that part of it.
0: But love is blind. Love is blind, though. The
1: things people say on this
0: show. <laughs> It. It is. I mean, it moves at a clip, which I really kind of appreciate. It sure does. Like, you are on episode two, and people are in love, and they're proposing, and you're like, this surely seems fast, although I imagine there are hours and hours and hours of footage we do not get to see. Yeah, of course. Um, but uh, but yeah, some, some memorable moments, <laughs> some great quotes. Some
1: horrifying moments, but some very memorable ones, too. There's a dude whose name I'm not going to... Sean? St-
0: I, I Jean, I don't know. I immediately know. forget their names when I stop watching.
1: Uh, he 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 found his match, Zenib, uh, and was quite smitten when they parted those beautiful cartons and came sprinting at each other down two hundred meters of uh, walkway. <laughs> and he was just so he was in he was indescribable in his elation, and he stepped back as they like parted after they had met and made out and stuff. And as the doors closed, he just went, "Mm, put her in a magazine. (laughs) And so we've been quoting that to each other a lot.
0: (laughs) Put her in a magazine. (laughs) You made that a little Dave Matthews there at the end. Put her in (laughs) a (laughs) magazine. Yeah, it is. It has been highly watchable. I mean, the thing that Netflix does that's a little annoying is they do these deliberate clumsy cliffhangers yeah so you have to kind of watch the next episode if you want to see like an issue resolved um but then you tell yourself i'm only going to watch two minutes just so i can see the resolution and then all of a sudden yeah there you are
1: there's a guy who does a pretty i will say extended thorough sales pitch on himself as a sexual partner and a sexual yeah. teacher. He talks a lot about
0: his prowess in a way wh- that,
1: which was taught to him by an older woman, I believe in in Italy or something like that, <laughs> who taught him how to have uh, in a in an <laughs> orgasm without ejaculating. And I'm sorry if this is upsetting for you to hear, but we had to hear <laughs> it too. And then he talks about how he could force himself into having several mini orgasms. And the other <laughs> person behind the wall is like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> cool, 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 cool.
0: I I at first thought, like, he, this is a test, right? Like, he's trying to see how down this other person behind the screen is going to be, you know? And this is, like, his way of weeding out people who, you know, aren't as uh, candid maybe as yeah. he is. Uh, but he, he kept going. Yeah, I don't I don't want to say too much, um, but there are definitely moments uh, that make this season unique.
1: Yeah. <laughs> now that they have met, I will say that all of these dudes are real kind of scumbags a little bit.
0: Yeah, I have high hopes for... No, never mind.
1: Yeah, right?
0: <laughs> I was going to say somebody that initially I had high hopes for, but then once they met,
1: It just fell off the face of the Uh earth. Yeah, it's these. The problem with these shows is that they, the it's great in the pods, and then usually once you leave the pods, that's that's where my interest starts to. Well, and they
0: talk about the very real thing of connecting what was said to the face. Yeah, you know, like to them, this is like a new person, but it's like no, you were the person that I talked to, and you said these things. Okay.
1: We need to take these slippers off because they're really comfortable. <laughs> but we need to put on our, our wonderful slippers again. Yes. And talk about things we like, things that are good, things that we're into. Yes. Can I tell you about my thing? Yes. My thing. My thing is uh, a little track called The Loneliest Time by Kylie Rae Jepsen featuring Rufus McGarigal Wainwright. <laughs>
0: You know what I was thinking is last time you brought uh, CRJ, you only gave her a few notes and this time you're giving her a few songs
1: or a,
0: a full song rather.
1: Yeah, I mean, so it's also the whole album is also called The Loneliest Time. Just dropped last week. We are eating good in this in this household. Uh it's I say that. I don't know if you've listened no, to it. No, I listened thing. to
0: the whole thing this morning, actually. It's fucking great. Yeah. It's
1: so, so, There's so one, good.
0: Um Beach House that I really like.
1: Beach House though. is great. So there were a few uh singles if you've been following Carly Ray Jepsen since the release of Dedication in 2019. A few like big singles like Beach House and uh Oh my god, what's the really Oh Western Wind, which has that like kind of breathy Stevie Nicks vibe she's definitely on some she's on a sort of astrological journey i would say on this one which we enjoy a lot of talking about i'm a scorpio the moon is there also (laughs) um and uh i like that but what i really like is the like little disco sound that was kind of happening that was budding in uh dedication has blossomed into a beautiful tree
0: it does feel like very like a very specific time in music it
1: like 80s disco pop is what it's going for and it is like not subtle about that shit at all uh the The last song on the album is this this track that I want to talk about, "The Loneliest Time" with Carly R. Jepsen and Rufus McGarrigal Wainwright. Uh, it is so over the top disco. Like uh, you will hear sounds in the song. Like there's a certain type of like sort of sweeping tom drum that sounds like disco to me. That's like woo! the like little drum. They, this one goes nuts with it. Like it sounds uh, very very much of its time or I guess the time it's supposed to be sounding like uh, and I was like man this is like wild disco music this is not what I expected but when you listen to the whole album I feel like it builds to it oh, yeah, in sure. a way where it's just this disco explosion at the end let's play a little bit of it and I'm going to try really hard not to say the word disco 55
0: times I've had one of those bad dreams where we're standing on your street
2: I quit smoking those cigarettes but I'm Never another and you're looking like to me just like Shakespeare on a tragedy. But I'm sorry never finished it. Cause I love we never finished it. I'm coming over the night.
1: These two sound so good together, and I would not have in a million years like imagined that as as a as a duet, but I want yeah. them to release a full Captain and Tennille like duet album together. Yeah. I think that that would be I, very strong. I
0: was a big fan of Rufus Wainwright back when I think Poses dropped. I think that was the album that I got to know him through. Yeah, uh, I don't know what he's been up to honestly this past you know decade or so Hmm. Um, but it was it was a pleasure to have him on this song
1: it was a joy to have him on this song and in the music video where he 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 looks amazing he has a nonchalance about him (laughs) in all things and seeing it in this music video next to the, the Queen of Blades, Carly Rae Jepsen. Uh it's I I will say
0: I found the choreography a little uncomfortable to watch, um, because it is clearly not uh his forte. But um but I I mean but I I kinda like that. I it's enjoyed kind of the vibe.
1: The the harmonies <laughs> that they get up to in this song are like bonkers. Like the very first one that that where he like picks up in the first verse like sounds so amazingly good. It gave me chills the first time I heard it. Uh and yeah it just has like iconic pop duet territory like it's got big don't go breaking my heart sort of uh islands in the stream and uh i'm all about that it's just fun that's what kind of surprised me about this album is that like it still talks about heartbreak and all the usual crj stuff but it's just like it, there were so many decisions that were made along the creation process that were just the most fun decision that could be made. Yeah, I mean, I will say
0: a, one of her party. core competencies is fun. You know, like, Call Me Maybe, super fun. For
1: sure, for sure. I would say Dedicated slipped on that a little bit. I I love Dedicated, or de- Dedication? No, Dedicated. Uh, we saw her on that tour. It was It was great. But it didn't hit that, like, emotion level for me because mm. there were just so many... Just wall-to-wall bangers on that album. And I feel like The Loneliest Time is right back there, man. I only listened to it front to back for the first time today, also this morning, and was like, well, I'm going to do this again now. Uh, and I've had this song on rotation forever. There's a spoken word breakdown at the end.
0: Yeah, I noticed that.
1: It's so good. And it's about going to outer space. and coming. It went viral on TikTok, apparently. Oh, okay. When she's like, I'm coming back for you, baby. I'm coming back. That clip is viral on TikTok. Sadly, the TikTok audio cuts out right before the song then does this like insane bass arpeggio for like a long time. That's just like. Anyway, I'm excited. I'm excited (laughs) about music. I feel like I was feeling the same illness that you were feeling and then the music got in me. Okay, it got in my stomach got. See, I uh, had
0: me convinced probiotics was the way to go, but
1: probiotics <laughs> and music.: and Carly Ray Jepsen, they're in there, both Osmosis okay. Jones style. Okay. They're battling whatever horrible <laughs> ailment has, has taken over this household. Um, and I think you just started taking the probiotics, too, so I think you've got now that okay. you also listened okay. to the Carly yeah. album. Yeah, Talk to me this time tomorrow. I guarantee you, Whoa. right as rain.
0: And if not, I'll call the doctor and I'll say, "Listen, I'm doing everything. I'm you doing can everything do. I can.
1: Everything." <laughs> You're like, you know, you have to do the probiotics with the Carly Rae Jepsen, right? <laughs> she needs them. They're her weapons. Like, oh, okay. Probiotics is Carly Rae Jepsen's weapons. Okay.
0: <laughs> what a strange sentence you just said. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I think probiotics is Jamie Lee Curtis's weapons. <laughs> I... Can I steal you away? Yes. Kay
0: griffin yeah you know it's a shame what is that when you order uh meals to be delivered to you they can only be for dinner that's true because of the law but wait wait what's this coming across our desk the law is different now (laughs) it's factor
1: With I changed the word they say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food.
0: So head to FactorMeals.com/wonderful50 and use code Wonderful50 to get fifty percent off. That's code Wonderful50 at FactorMeals.com/wonderful50
1: uh, if I may be so bold as to do that,
0: please.
1: So this one is for Sarah. It's from Ben, who says, "Sarah, thanks for the wonderful jumbotron you got me for my birthday on the three ten twenty two episode. That's March tenth, twenty twenty two. I know if you live in the British Isle, then oh. they do the dates backwards, but I'm assuming because ten three twenty twenty two. I mean that just came out." You know what I mean? Yeah, it
0: would have been hard to get that one in.
1: So this was March. I love Griffin gently dunking on me because my favorite Pokemon is a giant ghost. It was one of my favorite birthday presents so far. If science finally gets its act together and makes Pokemon real, I will for sure hook you up with a Vulpix. I lava you. Yeah, I would say science kind of got sidetracked these past oh, couple think of years. something was
0: going and then it just got busy?
1: I think that science was pretty close to Kraken... Real Pokemon and then COVID. And then they all had to, and I'm glad that they did, clearly. But some other projects got sort of side, sidelined. And I think we're all suffering for that. You don't have anything to add to the Pokemon. No, Pokemonism. I was
0: thinking about how a Gibbon kind of looks like a Pokemon.
1: Wow. Like yeah. A,
0: like a little, I was trying to think of like in our world today, what, what animals are like Pokemon. And I think a Gibbon would be yeah. like a Pokemon.
1: Well, you do know the animals came first, right? Yes. The Given. They did, They made the Pokemon. They made Mankey after <laughs> Given.
0: Yeah. I just, if I wanted to step into your reality where science does create Pokemon,
1: real Pokemon, yeah.
0: I'd like, what would that even look like? And also,
1: can they, like, pick me up with their mind? Because, like, now we're dabbling in the supernatural. Like, there's ghosts in the Pokemon world.
0: Yeah. You know? Well, some might say there's ghosts in the real world, too.
1: Some might say that. Sure. Not me. Not me. But some, <laughs> some might. <laughs>
2: I'm Jesse Thorne. On the next Bullseye, our annual Halloween spectacular. We'll interview Anna Fabrega from Los Espookies, Monet Exchange from drag race, and the great RL Stein, creator of Goosebumps. You know, I don't really get too deep into the real fears. It's a lot safer to do a dummy coming to life. That's on the next Bullseye for maximumfun.org and NPR. Hi, I'm Jesse Thorne, the founder of Maximum Fun, and I have a special announcement. I'm no longer embarrassed by my brother, my brother, and me. You know, for years, each new episode of this supposed advice show was a fresh insult, a depraved jumble of erection jokes, ghost humor, and frankly, this is for the best, very little actionable advice. But now, as they enter their twilight years, I'm as surprised as anyone to admit that It's gotten kinda good. Justin, Travis, and Griffin's witticisms are more refined, like a humor column in a fancy magazine. And they hardly ever say Bazinga anymore. So after you've completely finished listening to every single one of all of our other shows, why not join the McElroy brothers every week for my brother, my brother and me.
1: What have you prepared? For me, your husband, your co-host, your partner, to feast up my senses upon.
0: So the week before last, I took us down the poetry hallway, and I imagine there are some people out there that were like, uh, you really, you got me excited. Yeah. I thought I was going to a poetry corner. I didn't.
1: They've been walking for two weeks.
0: This week, you're going to the corner. And you haven't been mad. Uh, You've been so good. (laughs) Baby, did you workshop that in advance? Because that's
1: good. You know, I'm just feeling spicy all it's of just, a sudden. You got the energy. You <laughs> got know. the probiotics. You got the Carly. You got the studio energy, babe.
0: Yeah, you really. It's happening for I you. I absorbed it from you, you. Yes. <laughs> I told you. Uh, yes, yeah, so I've got a poet uh, and his name is Miller Williams.
1: Miller Williams. That's a fun name to say. I just sounded like Elf, didn't mean to, but it's a fun name to say.
0: <laughs> his first name is actually Stanley.
1: Stanley Miller-Williams? Yeah. Uh, when it's a middle name, it's actually kind of hard.
0: Yeah. So here's here's the thing about Miller-Williams. Uh, you may not know him, but you do know his daughter, who is songwriter Lucinda Williams.
1: I do know, know Lucinda, not personally.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, no, me neither. Uh, so he, uh, was a, uh, a poetry writer as well as a translator and an editor, and he wrote over 25 books. Um. I think that's all the
1: poetry jobs.
0: And including a, a dozen poetry collections. So there were, you know, translations and other stuff in there. But, yeah. Um, and he, uh, is incredible. I'm going to like talk more about him because the poem I'm going to read by him, uh, as a warning is kind of devastating. Yeah. And not in a, like, depressing way, in a, like, emotionally challenging way. You remember the, like, umbrella, the mom poem with the umbrella? It's a lot like that. Okay. uh, And that we may need to do some editing to get me through it. Okay. Um, And I thought... No,
1: people love hearing you sort of breathlessly (laughs) just sit there and stew in your...
0: I had a moment where I was like, I don't want to read this poem because it's so difficult to read out loud. And then I was like, no, that's why I have to... That's why you have. That's why you must. towards the fear. Yes. (laughs)
1: We can't get to the corner without you, babe.
0: Uh, so the interesting thing. So he he is maybe best known for reading a poem at the second inauguration of Bill Clinton. Um, but he uh, before that, he was actually pursuing science. He had a bachelor's degree in biology and a master's in zoology. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. And he just kind of happened to become friends with Flannery O'Connor. Are you familiar? I know the name. Famous writer. Uh, And... Flannery O'Connor wrote him a recommendation. Uh, in 1961, LSU advertised for a poet to teach in their writing program. And at that point, he had only had three hours of freshman English formally. Um, but without mentioning to him, she wrote them and said, the person you want teaches biology at Westland College. That's great. <laughs> and so he submitted like a packet of work and, and they hired him. And that kind of his career went from there.
1: That's great. Uh, it must be dope to be at a party with him and it's like, man, I bet he knows about, a bunch about poetry stuff. But then somebody says something about like a rhinoceros and he's like, let me tell you 80 things about a rhinoceros. And it's
0: like, whoa, he does animal stuff too? Uh, more more than more than science-y poems, he's, uh, qu- this is a, a quote from a critic named Lee Ozer called Williams, a poet of, quote, eloquent sanity and distinguished formal competence, a fine observer of the emotional and imaginative lives of his fellow citizens.
1: It was hard for me to get through that sentence. (laughs) (laughs) Just being honest, that was that was a challenge for me.
0: Uh, I mean, basically, he writes he writes about people, you know, more than he writes about zoo animals, I guess is what I was trying to accomplish with that with that quote. Uh, so the other thing to note, and this this becomes valuable, I think, in the poem, uh, is that, you know, in addition to having the daughter of Lucinda Williams, they have a son and another daughter, and they have three grandchildren and eight great-grandchildren. All right. Get it. Uh, so the poem I am reading is called A Poem for Emily, who, based on the context clues of the poem, I'm assuming is a granddaughter of okay. Taylor Williams. I
1: see you like stretching
0: (laughs) it sneaks up on me okay uh but i think i'll be okay i've read it a few times now okay good small fact and fingers and farthest one from me a hands width and two generations away in this still present i am 53 you are not yet a full day when i am 63 when you are 10 and you are neither closer nor as far your arms will fill with what you know by then the arithmetic and love we do and are. When I by blood and luck am 86 and you are someplace else and 33 believing in sex and God and politics with children who look not at all like me, sometime I know you will have read them this. So they will know I love them and say so and love their mother. Child, whatever is is always, or never was. Long ago a day, I watched a while beside your bed. I wrote this down. A thing that might be kept a while to tell you what I would have said. When you were who knows what, and I was dead. Which is I stood and loved you while you slept. (laughs) Whew. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I think devastating is you. You have a way with words. You have a way with reading poetry. First, that was <laughs> <Thank> gorgeous. <you. laughs> um, but also, you're very good at describing how, what kind of emotional reaction. <laughs> yeah. It's fun for me because I don't know much about poetry, and I don't know when one is going to tickle my sad bone. I guess. <laughs> uh, but you, you're able to kind of like get out there in front of it and warn me, which I appreciate. <sighs>
0: Yeah, that's the thing. The content is not depressing. If anything, it's incredibly beautiful. Uh, but it it's such a, like, relatable, like, beautifully described experience of, like, you know, having what I imagine, like, a, having a grandchild is like. Yeah. Or having a great grandchild or just being a family member to someone who is in a totally different phase of life and you know that you will not get to be there for the whole part.
1: Yeah. Pretty much no matter where you're at in this crazy, crazy old thing called life, you're somewhere in that, you're somewhere in that, that binary. Uh, and so that's, yeah, I imagine. And I just appreciated
0: like how restrained it was too, you know, like that, that is, I think where you're getting to see Miller Williams is that, you know, like it's not flowery not trying to like create these like incredible comparisons to you know things that are outside of of your daily life, uh, but man, it's like I don't know. It just feels it just feels perfect yeah, for what it is. That was amazing. Thank you, thank you for sharing that. You are welcome.
1: Thank you to Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song "Money Won't Pay." You can find a link to that one in, in the episode description. This episode description. And thanks to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. Go to MaximumFun.org. Check out all the great shows that they have there. You're going to find something on there that you're just going to uh, gobble up uh, and, and absolutely love it. Hey, we got some shows coming up very soon in uh, Cincinnati. And Detroit and here in Cap Cap City, as they say. No, <laughs> Do they? I don't think anyone says that. Washington, <laughs> Washington D.C. Uh, and uh, you, you should come see us. Go to McElroy.Family. You can find links to to the shows and where you can get tickets and stuff. Um,
0: I had a dream last night that um, we did the wonderful show. Yeah. And, but except my dream picked up when the show was over.
1: Oh, how'd we do? Uh,
0: well, I was asking you. I was like, I can't remember what I talked about. Uh,
1: oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, you. You almost had the actor's worst nightmare, but you like it. Sounds like but it you was missed already it. done. That's dope. <laughs> I wish I could skip that.
0: And then I was panicking because I hadn't worked out childcare, and I was like, "Where are our children?" Oh, there right it now? is. Okay, I was like, "Where's the anxiety here?" There it is. <laughs> there it is.
1: Uh, where's the anxiety here? Could be a catchphrase <laughs> for all of our shows. So <laughs> Maybe that's what we say at the end. No, that's not really no. on. Brand. Thanks for listening. Thanks for. Thanks for listening to our 250th episode. 250th episode of Wonderful. The first m- miniaturized length episode of uh, Rose Buddies that we've done in forever. <laughs> Even that felt like touching, touching a, a, I know, a power that we can. Here's
0: the thing. We don't know how either of those seasons end. <laughs>
1: that is a fair point. We are like three episodes in each of them. This is so, the risk, right? Yeah. We, we won't be keeping up with, with them, but... Okay, that's it. Bye.